returned back to the 34 Cersei Salon for the 34 Cersei Sports Extravaganza. Our guests from the dusty plains of West Texas, El Hombre de Piedra, the stone man, Richard Stone. Placing up the New Jersey Turnpike, Pride of the Garden State, Howard Boom Boom Broadway. Hola. And representing the borough of Staten Island, myself, your host, Sean Marlon Newcomb. Welcome to the 34 Cersei Sports Salon. Coming to you again for the second time in a short span from the 34 Cersei Broadcast Headquarters in West Los Angeles, California. So we've just had a really spirited debate and discussion that you would be amazed. Was that the, is that the borough of West Los Angeles? The borough of West Los Angeles. That's, it's going to be the, checking. the sixth borough. The sixth borough. So, all right, we're going to do this again, guys. We're going to do this really fast. Uh, it's a little inside joke for those of you listening. but I still don't think you got clearance on the music. Deja vu all over again. I got the clearance just before we went on the air, and uh, we're going to talk to the folks back back home all about it. So, all right, we're going to do something now, which we're going to call play them or bench them. I'm going to name a few sports entities for Richard and Howard. We're going to talk about them. We're going to rant about some stuff we've already ranted about because you need to hear our epic rants. And let's start it right off with Richard play them or bench them. The Major League Baseball. Uh, once again, um, I think it's uh, Plam, even though I don't like the way they're mutilating the season. But, uh, we'll play them. All right. I will give you that. I was going to give you a false start, but that is what you said before. So we're going to play them. Uh, Howard, you, I believe, want to bench him. Is that true? That is correct. Okay. We're just going to move that's through this. A, fast, that's a guys. winner. The, the NBA, play him or bench him. I believe you bench him, Richard. Play him. Play him. Okay. Uh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't say bench him. I said. I said. I said play him. Well, it starts tonight, so it's hard to know, you know, until they get started what they're what they're going to look like. But I, I think the odds are good because they're because they're in their bubble. Um, yeah. So I said. I said play them, and oh, and I also I still I vote for a uh, all star status for Lou Williams. Okay, and Lou Williams, you vote for that all star status because. Lou was able to uh, leave the bubble, visit a strip club, and return to the bubble. All with packages of cartons of cartons of Marlboro under his arms, right? <laughs> if you say so. Fantastic. All right. NHL, Howard. Play him or bench him? Paul Lamb. Drop the puck. Looking good. Islanders beat the Rangers in exhibition last night. Play him. Play him. Going on about the Islanders and Rangers, we're going to have to talk about that. Uh, Richard, you say play him? Play him. Okay. All right. Uh, the Bundesliga. Definitely play him. Play him? Massive, massive success. Definitely play him. Korean professional baseball. Um, uh, I'm thinking they, they, you know, they showed the MLB how to do it. So play him. All right. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say play him as well. Well done. They've got 10% of their fans showing up to the game, so. All right. Uh, now we're coming to some real interesting stuff here. The National Football League. What do you think, fellas? I'm, I'm saying no. No from Richard. And how about you, Howard? Bencham. Bencham. So, National Football League. How about college football? And I'm going to have a deja vu rant about it. But anyway, college football. What would you guys do? Play or Bencham? Definitely bench. Bencham. Yep. Okay. Now, why? Let's talk college football again. In, in and fact, that, I'd bench all college sports. All right. Let's talk about that. I'm going to do my rant first because I'm still feeling it. And that rant was that we should follow the role, follow the lead, the model, the role model of the Ivy League that shut down sports in the spring, shut it down in the fall. And if we as a nation still believed in the values that transcended money and were about unifying 50 states rather than 50 individual state sovereigns, we would be focused on something that would get our students 
problems with this solved in terms of student athletes. If you have to be a senior and you can't play, or if you're coming in as a freshman later, how do we handle it? But we're more focused on the do re mi, as they say. That's where we have to go back. But let's give a shout out to our big fans in the Ivy League and all the Ivy League teams for leading the way. And I think, uh, Howard, you were you were giving some love to a famous Ivy League sportsman. Would you like to share that with us? Indeed. Indeed. That would be the, uh, the great Princeton hockey star, Mr. Hobie Baker, uh, who I don't believe gets the notoriety that he uh, most certainly deserves. I encourage everybody to uh, spend a little time and look up uh, Hobie Baker. Uh, maybe uh, Sean and I will dive deeper into that topic on a future yes, podcast, but uh, yes, very, very much an, an American legend, an American war hero from World War I. Uh, very unique individual. Great story. Needs to be told. All right, let's dive into college football. Richard, Pac-12, what are they doing, and what do you think of it? How are they handling it? Well, I, um, I don't think they've canceled the season. They, they've pushed it back. They pushed back the start. Um, in the hopes that the COVID will abate. Um, but um, I, I don't think they'll be able to pull it off. And why is that? Um, the PAC 12 especially is spread out uh, geographically, you know, from Colorado, Washington, Southern California, everything in between. Um, the, the number of people that need to travel, you know, so the Pac-12 started off by saying, okay, we're only going to do conference games. We're not doing out-of-conference games. And then they decided, oh, we need to push back the start of the season. And at, at this point in time, with the way the numbers are looking, you know, they're going to have to either cancel the season or, or move it back to spring. Mm-hmm. Problems with football generally. I mean, problems with, we were talking about this a little bit in the pre-broadcast. Uh, we did a little warm-up broadcast, which was fantastic. Did you guys like the warm-up broadcast? I thought it worked out great. <laughs> it was great. Like like the preseason the hockey games the last two days. It was excellent. It was our preseason for the 34th season. All right. So problems with the idea of playing football. Starting, we're talking college right now, but let's segue to the NFL as well. Problems. Why do you guys, why are you guys so adamant about benching the NFL for trying to play and college football for trying to play. Very difficult to, very difficult to, you can't maintain a controlled environment when you're traveling from city to city. And uh, that, that is what the NFL is proposing. That's what college sports are proposing and the inability to control that environment, which is why the NBA is in one city. The NHL is in two. The MLS is in one city. Uh, this is exactly why issues right. and why the MLB is having issues. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you can't, interestingly, you know, I, I know some people try to make the argument and you, you, you mentioned the Bundesliga earlier and, and look at, you know, even uh, La Liga in Spain, which was hard hit and Syria in Italy, which was hard hit and EPL in the UK, they were all able to restart, but those aren't in the United States. So they were different approaches to controlling the virus in those countries and they were able to get themselves to a place where the teams were able to isolate. They were still able to travel and play in, in different stadiums, but they were able to control the environments in those countries, in this country. And you mentioned it earlier and the 50 different, <laughs> 50 different States within the United States. Um, we have not done as, as uh, effective a job and therefore the ability to travel from state to state and control the environment is vastly different here. Richard. Yeah, that's, that's 100%. Of, you know, the, the, what about, how the, what about the nature of the sport to be able to get through their full season without having teams drop out. Which, which one, the NHL, you said the NFL. The NFL, yeah. Yeah. You've got, you know, 80 to 100 people traveling between players, coaches, training staff, uh, equipment managers, all the PR people and everything else. You have all that stuff, all those people traveling, the exposure risks and then the spread risk um, in the middle of flu season. Uh, 
it just does not look good. It doesn't look it. In my mind, the probability of them completing a season slim. You know, you, you talk about the spread risk. Did we do we say much about just the nature of the contact sport? I and mean, it's the same thing I felt about and I talked to you guys about last time with MMA or boxing or any of these really physical, heavy contact sports. I think obviously you're, you're increasing your risk as far as I've been able to see the nature of this particular disease and how it spreads. I mean, that close contact seems like a real issue. Oh, I've seen the NFL has built some new helmets, COVID mm-hmm. helmets. Face shields. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, if there, I'll tell you what, Sean, let me ask you this. If there was 11 on 11 MMA, would it be able to happen right now? Yeah, I know. I don't think there is even a chance. Right. And that's yeah, exactly. kind of what the NFL, you know, and to some degree is. It's 11 yeah. on 11 grappling uh, yeah. and pushing and shoving. And so, yeah, that's, that's, that is the challenge. I do, I do want to reset on one, one thing because uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I agree with, with Richard's take on the college sports of, of, of postponing all, except, and I'm going to make a very controversial statement here, I think there is one uh, one uh, part of college sports that sh- can and should be able to continue throughout this. Math team. Esports. Esports. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, 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 and funny, funny as it may be, there are collegiate esports programs now, including scholarships. Yes. So, that is wild. Yep, including right here at UCLA. So uh, esports should be able to continue even in the midst of the pandemic. There shouldn't be any challenges to being able to host any sort of intercollegiate esports tournaments during all of this. Well, I mean, let's we can circle back around to some of the other sports in a second. I think that's one of the things when we talked last time. Different approaches. This we haven't approached this as a nation, as a group, as a society, with the mindset that we're in a new world. Things are very different. How can we create or reformat or rethink the way we do things in this new environment that will still be satisfying, but will be new for us? You know, I think there's a lot of desire to go back. Let's just let's forget this. Let's go back to normal, quote unquote. Let's go back to 2019. Instead of saying, well, look, how could we do some of this stuff over? Esports is an interesting thing to look at, an interesting option, because there might have been ways to play certain kinds of sporting events. There might have been different ways to do things that the leagues haven't thought about. Richard, you mentioned last time, and uh, Howard, you talked about it. We were talking about how these pro leagues weren't taking advantage of the lockdown by showing maybe um, how-to things for, for young players or trying to get the youth into the sport. What do you think about how they handle it since we talked? Was there anything that came out? from March, well, we talked in May, probably, May through now, that you thought might be innovative in terms of the approach these leagues took to our shutdown or to our new world situation? Well, well, I'll give you a specific example. Uh, my son became a fan of Formula One racing because the Formula One uh, drivers were competing on... Um, uh, video games, you know, racing video games. That that's funny because I told you I fell in love with Formula One during lockdown too, but not for that reason. Yeah. So so he's a big fan of them seeing them compete. Did yeah. F one set this up themselves, or the, the drivers like Hamilton? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I didn't do any due diligence on that, but um, it you know it just now he's following Formula One. That's amazing. It's a great, that, that's a sport. What do you guys think? That's a sport I think can work in a COVID environment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All racing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You keep the fans away. You limit, you know, you've got your pit crew, you've got your team in formula one and you just kind of. Well, here's, like here's the other interesting thing though. I think this, this to some degree is, is important to look at um, is, you have some sports that are uh, are midway to two thirds through their season, so they need to conclude what they had already started. Right, that's where the NBA and the NHL, that's where EPL, all the all the European soccer leagues. So that's to me slightly different because you you 
you can you can to some degree you're like okay I, it's not going to be every team it's only the teams that we know are going to be playoffs so it's like we were limiting the amount of players right there we can find ways to control the environment it is somewhat unique when you look at a sport that has to start from the beginning and take what they normally would do and adapt the entire thing for the entire length of it baseball baseball had to shorten the season not only because of because <laughs> of covid but because they had contract and money you know disputes let's forget you know take take the COVID aside they could have started that season a lot earlier if they could have figured themselves out but they couldn't get out of their own way so I think that's also part of this interesting dynamic is you have certain sports that depending on the how much season there is where are they in that process and how much do they have to figure out and interestingly you look at at the at the soccer leagues over in Europe they were able to finish their season. A lot of them were pretty close to finishing. They didn't have that much left. They figured it out. They finished their season. And now they're taking, what, an eight-week break? And they have a blueprint. And they can start their season, not quite on time, but really not that far off of what their schedule was. So, But they have a plan. They were able to test something. They got figured out. And now, you know, in September, EPL will be back on again. La Liga, Serie A. Uh, Ligun, you know, they're all going to get started again because they found a way to, well, Ligun didn't because they didn't finish their season. They just, they just gave the title to PSG because that's what they do every year. But, but yeah, I think they've all figured some things out with a shorter amount of time uh, and a shorter window of games to be able to, to test this. Whereas the NFL is like, has to figure out an entire season. And again, as we said, if they're not going to look at, at self, you know, self-containing themselves anywhere, or college football, I just yeah, I just don't see how they'll be able to figure that out. Yeah. Interestingly, though, will you, do you think that they're still going to run into these European soccer leagues, that they're still going to run into the problem that we just talked about with the NFL, which is that the fall is coming, the, the cold and flu season, the second wave, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be happening. The testing and, and tracing is, is happening at a much greater uh, yeah. level in Europe. In, in the majority of the countries in Europe, um, compared to uh, the Western Hemisphere, um, it's pathetic how how we can't keep um, yeah we can't compete. Well, testing, tracing, and let's let's just say it, wearing a mask. Yeah. <laughs> mask. Yeah, it's it's we have a again divided mindset in the nation. We've developed this sensibility, which is we I think look for where the contentiousness is. We just immediately choose a side when something is decided. Well, we found out the masks are necessary. Oh, wait a minute, who's trying to trick me with these masks? So this must be, you know, the Illuminati reptilian, whoever, whatever side you're on. That's what happens to us now. So this is an American issue more than even a sports issue, obviously. We have to come back to our sense of one unified nation. One more time for the soapbox for America. What We know where we are now. Okay, so we know where we are. So you're talking about, Howard, about leagues finishing up. So NBA and NHL, they're in the bubble. Where are the two NHL cities? Toronto and Edmonton. And again, interesting that there were 10 cities that they were evaluating. And of those 10 cities, they chose two Canadian cities. Yeah. Now, granted, part of that is also access to rinks because the teams all need rinks to be able to practice in. And in the Toronto area and Edmonton area, you have a plethora of community rinks that teams can have access to that's a lot more challenging and in some of the other cities they were looking at in the United States. But at the end of the day, uh, the decision was made that they can more safely contain these teams in Canada than they can in the United States. Right. I mean, basketball can't even keep their players, you know, isolated. Sweet Lou, way to go. Yeah. It's, that's, it's a wild way of breaking curfew in the modern world. It's something that, you know, 1960s basketball talking about my time traveling on YouTube again, you know, just a whole different kind of thing that you would see. So we've got these self-contained places. There's bubbles in the NHL. So in the NHL, you've got Edmonton, 
Toronto. You've got the league starting back up. What do you think about how they're handling it? What about also the nature of the sport? I mean, hockey is not quite the constant contact as football, but hockey is a lot of, you know, that kind of like micro, I guess they call, I guess they call it microaggressions, right, Howard? A lot of, a lot of microaggressions on the ice. I say they're a little more than micro. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. um, But again, here's, here's the key though. The NHL, and this again, you can look at Major League Baseball and where they, they seem to have stumbled. The NHL set up very strict testing protocols and they said, we're not starting until we get zero tests. If we get through phase three with zero, you know, zero positives, we're in. And that's what that's what happened. They had a couple of positives when teams returned to training camps at their rinks in their cities. They had some positives. Tampa Bay had some positives. I think Boston, a few teams had a few positives on on not only players but staff. And they 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 again isolated those players. They found ways. Uh, the Blackhawks, Corey Crawford, Stanley Cup winning goaltender, tested positive for COVID nineteen. Isolated, didn't get to play at anything in any of the you know in any of, of the the training camp work, and once he was passed and and clean and and declared COVID free, he's now joined the team. And they said the NHL said whatever it was a couple of days ago or it was on the weekend, right when the teams were arriving, they arrived in the cities. I think it was Saturday or Sunday. They they released a statement. We cleared phase three with zero positive tests. So like, that is the key. Like everybody's, everybody's clear. Now you can travel. We're going to test you when you arrive. If you're clear here, you're going to stay like, that's the key. It's all about, can you control the environment? And they have found a way to control the environment. How's now, how's the structure of how the games are going to be played? The schedule is going to be played. What's the structure of this? So the NHL has got a pretty unique, you know, way that they're, they're running things. They have, um, they, uh, they've got 12 teams in East and West that, that have been quote unquote invited, if you will, or qualified top four teams are, are playing a round Robin tournament for seeding only. And then the other remaining eight teams are playing a, uh, a, a best of five series and they're seeded based on where they finished in the standings. And it's a play-in tournament. So those the winners of those best-of-five series, those four teams, will play those top four teams, and everybody will get reseeded after that play-in series. Hmm. So it, it's basically um, you're going to play to get into the playoffs. So you're not quite quite in there yet. So you will play in these in these opening rounds, and interestingly, their their best three out of five, which is what the NHL first round of the NHL playoffs was for many years. I think it was somewhere around, I want to say eighty six. I'm going to guess somewhere in the late eighties, um, maybe early nineties, that they shifted the first round from best of five to best of seven, um, which you know made the made the playoffs longer, made it a, a harder you know, certainly a harder thing to win a Stanley cup, but also made for more TV revenue. Uh, But, you know, that's the interesting thing of the way that they've structured this. They said, okay, you know, we can, we're not going to ask you to come from playing zero games to go play a seven game series. (laughs) So we're going to start out with a best of five. And then those winning teams will move on and play the top seeded teams. And in basically the first round of the playoffs. And, and this was a format that was agreed upon by everybody. This was, Players Association was in on this. Owners were in on this. League was in on this. Like this was everybody's decision, uh, you know, agreed upon. And I'm sure there were a lot of back and forths, and I'm sure there were concessions made on a variety of things. But that's what they, you know, that's what they came up with as their format. Um, to you know, and and there are some teams that you know are in this that you know, I, like it's like any other tournament, anybody could win it. And there are definitely a few teams in that are questionable if they would have even made the playoffs they were probably on the way out of not not making the playoffs when the season was put on pause and they're now in so it's you know there there's there's a little bit of that and that's you know that's fair because that's just how they structured it so it'll be what it'll be i thought it was uh, 16 teams playing the the best of five no so that's why i say it's it's the it's it's the it's the eight teams 
that that are qualified, but those top four in in each of the East and West, they're mm-hmm. already in, and they just play around. They just play each other once, okay. I believe, for okay. seeding. That's it. And and interestingly too, they 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 said the formats are different because the the best of, the the best of five series are playing playoff rules, which means there's no 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 overtime and no shootout. They're playing an overtime to to determine a winner, whereas the teams, those top four teams that are playing for seeding, are playing regular season rules. So they will play a five-minute three-on-three overtime, and if there's no winner in that, then they will go to a shootout. So the interesting thing about this kind of setup, these teams finishing out the season, and we'll talk about NBA with this, is normally in sports we have this whole thing about when there's a shortened season. Remember there's a shortened season in 1981 in baseball and the question of you had two different, basically a pre-strike and then a post-strike and you had two different seasons and teams played in. And the question was, you know, how legitimate was the champion in this season? I don't think that's as much of an issue now. I think the stakes globally for humanity are just too high. I don't think people are quite as worried about who's legit in this, but it's making for interesting sports. I mean, in baseball, which let me throw this to you, you've got a whole, you, you could have in this season, can we have a 400 hitter? Could we have a triple crown win? I mean, it's a whole, and how do we look at that person at the end of the season? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking at anything coming out of this season as legitimate. What about a champion? Nope. nope. It's, so great, what, it's great you won a 60-game you know, uh-huh. season and you, you won a, uh, a World Series, but... So all of this, I mean, really comes down, I think sounds like we're saying to dollars. The only reason we're playing these, any of these things, is if I remember the stat correctly, the NBA could have lost a billion dollars or 150 million. 150 million being what they lose just going into the bubble and the cost of it. A billion being what they lose if they don't play at all. So we're these games are being played for that, we know. What do we think? Are fans clamoring for it? What's your take on it? Are people you know saying, boy, I can't wait to see baseball season. I'm glad it's back. Or I can't wait for the NFL. Or, you know, boy, Major League Soccer looks fantastic. What What are you hearing? Yes. People want the distraction. They want okay. something new. They don't want to watch reruns. Well, Sean does. Yeah, I'm happy to time travel for now. No. It's great to watch the, the 1969 Mets play, uh, you know, back, you know, come back in time. But, uh, of course, I'd love to see new sports, but I do worry about the player's health. I mean, I, I've always been a, a fan that roots for the players, understands the players, and I don't look at it like, these guys make too much, and these owners, oh, the poor owners, the poor billionaire owners. It's like, no, these guys deserve what they get. And, and gals, let's remember that. So, but I'm concerned. You know, I look at what happened with the Marlins. Uh, obviously, I root for the Yankees and Mets. And so those teams, the Yankees were set to play against Philadelphia, I guess it was. Philadelphia just played the Marlins. You know, these are players I follow. Yeah. So what about you, Howard? Are you finding people are excited? Are you excited to have these sports back? I'm conflicted. Um, I, I, I would say I agree with Richard. I think, yes, yes. You know, people in general are certainly excited and they're exact. They want the distraction. And uh, and, you know, you have to remember that for a lot of people, um, their their sports fandom is a part of their identity. Uh, so their, you know, their ability to be connected to their favorite team is, you know, it's a, it, it, if that's taken away, um, I mean, whether it's taken away for, by a strike, which I think we've experienced in a lot of sports over the years, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, but I personally, uh, yeah, I'm definitely conflicted because I, I don't want to see anybody, uh, anybody's lives put at risk for, 
as you just said, so I'm putting my life at risk for $850 million. That's really what it is. So that's what, okay, so it's okay if I potentially die or people in my family potentially die because some group of people collectively need to make another $850 million. People who have already made a lot of money. And this is not, this is not, if we make this, this will change the lives of all of these people who don't have this. This is the people who already have a lot of this and saying, oh yeah, this is really important that we got to get this done because if we don't, I'm not going to make the money that I'm used to making. So that, you know, it's that price tag. What's it, what's a human life worth? You know, right. kind, of, kind of question. And, uh, and, and I think that's part of the, the realities that we're all having to look at with this and, and determine that's why I think the NFL is going to really be really challenged. We know how much money the NFL generates. And so that's, that's what's driving it. You can say all you want about the, the passion of the players who want to play. Of course they want to play. This is what they do. And they're, and they're excellent at it. And they're, they've, for a lot of them, they've spent their, you know, their lives training to do this. Now, like I said that about the college athletes. Um, but if it means that you take, a break for a period of time like that's this is what i i think i i get really kind of frustrated with with a lot of these things it's like nobody's asking you to do this forever what we're asking you to do is to do this for now until we get a handle on what this thing is because it's a new virus and we're still learning about it what it is how it's transmitted how dangerous it is all of these things so until we figure that out, can you do these things? And you know, and the general response has been no. <laughs> and yeah. that's what I—that's what I just don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm—I'm I'm just asking you to temporarily do these things. I don't expect them to be permanent, but we need to buy ourselves some time to figure this out. This is what the medical and science community is asking, and a lot of people are like, no, I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> It, it's amazing. It's like we're driven by, we have been so spoiled as a group. But we're, look, we're very lucky to live in the era we live in. We're very lucky to be alive in the 21st century in America, to have the, all the blessings that we have. There's no question. There is an element of which people have become incredibly spoiled to what they have. So the idea of just saying stop for a little bit seems to drive people off a ledge and for sports, I mean, we need to remember, if people remembered history, and I would just, I can't emphasize enough, just looking back, I don't know, even a few years, but in this case, let's look back a few decades to World War II. People have had to stop their sports careers before. It happened with the players, especially baseball players in World War II, who guys have lost three, four years going off to war. It happens, it's unfortunate, but it's happened before. And People move on; they still have Hall of Fame careers. So let's keep that in context. But yeah, remember. Who but it's it's not even that big of a sacrifice, you know. Yeah. I've got a friend at USC works in um, epidemiology. He's like, the United States is fully capable of quashing this virus by October. Say more. What do you mean, quashing it by October? Com if oh, we, you mean our, you mean our, you mean what's happening with our spikes and stuff? No, completely quashing it. He's he's like, we can get it down so that our our number is less than point oh one. If if collectively as a nation we decided we wanted to to address this, you know, significant shutdown, you know, bare essentials. Uh, as far as what businesses are, are operating, uh, masks and social distancing when you have to go into to your job. And, you know, th three months, was it now? Well, four months of suffering and we're done. We can come yeah. out the other side like Europe is. But now, you're, again, you're saying quash the, the outbreak. The mm -hmm. virus will still be around. We have to do stuff in terms of vaccines and cures. But uh, you mean... But if your R rate gets to the, to the point where it's that low, I mean, you can almost eradicate the virus. Yeah, you're limiting the spread. That's exactly, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And, and, and I, the, 
I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say something. I don't know if it's controversial or not, but what I find has been really interesting is I have really yet to see anybody here in the United States in a position of authority at any level, whether it's, it's, you know, local or state or federal, any, I've yet to see anybody really get angry <laughs> about this. Like, and just, and just too controversial, too controversial. Exactly. And, and, and every, everybody, everybody is either, is either very polite. I'm asking you to wear a mask. We're asking, we're, we're recommending to do these things or they get in this where, you know, it's, it's, it's an order. Uh, you know, it's very, it's like this very protocol based. We are requiring, you know, but I have yet to get anybody to really like be a human being and just literally get angry with people and say enough. It's like, stop being spoiled, entitled little children, like treat, like treat these people with that like strict father mentality of saying enough. I've had enough of your whining and complaining like that's it. And just like you, you are screwing it up for everybody. And I, and it's been interesting. Like we're so afraid of offending or upsetting somebody. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's just, I find that so funny that like nobody has taken that stance of really getting like, upset enough to just call people out on their bullshit at, you know, at, at a, at a level where there's somebody who like, somebody was like, Holy crap. Did you see that? Like so-and-so really lit into his state or whatever. and just said, I've had enough of your nonsense, but nobody's willing to do it. I think there are two reasons for that. Cause I agree. I haven't seen that. It would be good. I think one reason is because from the top, we have an, an income inequality that is mind-numbing, and people really should look into this. I've said to people, yep. and I really believe this, it is the single most threatening issue to this nation. I, I understand climate change is a problem. I do appreciate how dangerous it is. But literally, we will not be able to function as a republic if we continue to have this income inequality. Okay, so what does it have to do with COVID? How does it have to do with sports? What it has to do with COVID is... People in positions of wealth, people who are the, you know, the the money the money driving captains of industry, do not want people. They do not want people to sort of accept and shut down because that just again, like with sports, there is too big a cost to them. They would rather see if they could bulldoze through to everybody. If they could leave, you know, just pretend that all of this just means you hear it from leadership. Look, just get back out there. Don't be lazy. I think you're trying to just not work. It's like, look, pal, you don't seem to realize what's going on. So that's the number one reason that people who have such power, they're doing that. There's there's two issues, uh, you know, in, regarding how you attack this pandemic and economic issue. So, you know, in March, you know, a third of the country shut down. And the other two thirds just kept on limping along. Um, if everybody had shut down, we could have, you know, stockpiled PPE. We could have stockpiled tests. We could have, you know, put together a comprehensive, you know, tracing um, protocol and have employed people, and we'd be out of it by now, and our economy could be rebounding. We didn't yeah. do that. The economic brain trust didn't have enough foresight to do that. And now we're continuing to limp along, you know, so fits and starts, and our economy is suffering longer. We could potentially put ourselves in a position where we lose a lot of our world economic leadership just it, because we've already we lost it. Yeah. Well, I know me. I try, to, I try to be hopeful. I so have such belief in the country. Let's just say we're not going to put ourselves in a good position going forward. We, we still aren't addressing it. We're still half addressing it. Half the country does it one way. Half does it another way. Someone says it's real. Someone says it's not real. And Howard, that's the second thing about it. So you've got the leadership, you know, the, the economic leadership, which is really the leadership in the country now that we've got such wealth inequality, refuses to let us 
look at this and do what we need to do because it just costs them. They'll lose too many pennies, heaven forbid, uh, this month if they do. But the second thing is you now have also them making the, the world we live in in terms of the media, the information's out there. The average citizen has taken on this notion that everyone's trying to fool. I shouldn't say the average citizen. Certain citizens have taken on the idea that everyone is trying to fool. And so you can't trust what you're hearing from any quote-unquote expert source. So if they're telling you to wear a mask, there must be some reason that they're doing it that involves being chipped or special, you know, uh, you know, some kind of, you know, treatment inside the mask that's going to make you, you know, hallucinate and follow their great leaders, you know, whatever. Crazy been talking to you. Out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I've been, I'm the one saying it actually. I've been putting out the hand. Yeah. But I think, I think to that point that, though, that that's, that's what you just said in that last part, Sean, though, is that's exactly why, and Richard alluded to it is why people want their sports back because it is some sense of, well, that's something that I remember and if that's back, then I know things are back to some sense of normalcy, some sense yeah. of the reality that I know. So at least that's why at least having the sport that you love, the team, the player, whatever, in a format where you can at least consume it. So if it's in a bubble and I can watch it, I can I can watch the NHL, like what I can watch EPL, like it's it, it it's it. I'm still watching it. Uh, and there's just no fans in the stands. But other than that, I'm getting I'm getting to watch it. So yes, there's 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 a value in that. Um, but I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on the income equality piece. I mean that is that is is absolutely going to you know, it, it it will cause more damage in the short term than climate change will. We won't yeah. even get to a place where we can battle climate change if we exactly. can't address income inequality. So I'm 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 100 with you. They're they're equally bad and dangerous and and difficult to deal with but one is a much you know more pressing issue in the very very near term and 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 there, there has to be a way to address it uh, I, I absolutely that is exactly it i mean it's the near term and we can't address this climate issue if we don't do that but you know again coming back to sports i mean that's i look at it you know there are these these sports you know i, I see the sports the teams i like i want to root from but i personally have trouble watching these games. It's like they're they're in the background. I'll put them on. It's kind of like sort of mindlessly I have it there, but not the way I normally would watch because I do think about the athletes. I'm like, these guys are putting their, really their lives on the line. Yes, there's great testing and I'm sure everyone's going to be fine in a lot of these bubbles. And I will hope people in the non-bubble sports make it through, but I really do worry as I watch. And rightfully so. So let me ask, you know, we talked last time about, and Howard, you brought this up, between recreational sports and or participatory sports and fan sports, uh, viewership sports, people going to support a team. So what are you seeing in terms of people participating in sport at this point? Where are, you know, what does it seem like? Are people back at it? Or well, I'm not seeing anything because I haven't left my apartment in four and a half months. <laughs> there you So actually, I meant to give you this, but that's yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I I would say yeah, yeah. Certain sports um, are you know are are seeing some uh, participation numbers are are going back up. Um, golf has golf rounds have have certainly gone back up as those courses opened up, and that is, and we talked about it, that's a great sport for you know for being you know distanced and 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 somewhat safe. As long um, as you're not drinking. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I myself, I'm, I'm, I play disc golf and that, that sport as well is, is able to continue going. The, the, the disc golf pro tour is, is, is often running. Um, so they're, they seem to be doing fine. All, all like 60 players who are on the entire pro tour. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, from a participatory standpoint, I think a lot of things, surfers are, are back out there, um, but I think there are certain things I, you know, I, I even here in Southern California, um, I don't know about private, but but public tennis courts are open, but they're saying they only want you to play singles. They don't want any doubles. It's too 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 close proximity. So you know, there 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 are little. And again, it's like 
if, if, if you're so upset about that, it's like, well, you know, like, again, nobody's saying you'll never be able to play doubles tennis ever again for the rest of humanity. Yeah. It's, but for now, let's just play singles. Like, and this is, that's, you know. That's a really good point. I mean, I, I, I think you can emphasize that as many times as you want, because it, there is, like you say, this notion that people asking you to stop for now so that we could defeat something that will benefit us all to have defeated soon. They act like it's saying you're never going to get a chance to do this again. That's it. We've locked you down. So it's nice to kind of remember, yeah, just for a little while, and then you'll be able to get back to it. it it's um, it's great for the recreational players that that mind mindset, Sean. That you know we'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. But there's a certain group, an age group that is more heavily impacted such as um 12 year old playing baseball Mm -hmm. that's their last season in little league Mm -hmm. and for a lot of these kids it's their last season playing baseball but are they the one they're not the ones you know riding and yelling about not having the chance to do it i mean i we know Um, they need it it's important but it's not yeah there's a good amount of complaining from the kids and a tremendous amount of complaining from the parents um, to this, you know, municipalities saying, why can't we open up these baseball fields and these soccer fields and let these kids, you know, play with masks on. This is interesting. Now you have, can you uh, tell everybody you have two kids uh-huh. and their ages are? Uh, 16 and 14. Okay, so your daughter is 16, your son is 14. Yes. They both play sports. Yes. Okay, so how is it impacting them? We talked about this last time. What's changed? I remember you talking about uh, Caden was trying to do some virtual stuff. Yeah, he he was training via video with uh, position coaches and his hitting coach. Um, He, we when they started relaxing the rules, he went back to his hitting coach and his catching position coach uh, with mask on, you know, and with hand sanitizer, you know, after, before and after. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, when I go by the, the fields, I see groups of kids practicing together Mm-hmm. I see groups of kids with parents playing and yeah. And these are all bootleg games and bootleg pr- practices. Are they taking protective measures? What are you seeing? Are you close? Some of to them are, that? some of them aren't. Yeah. But well, it's always a good thing when parents set the right example. And exactly. Get rid of the masks and just stand really close to each other. Do they do a lot of hugging? Is there a lot of hugging and maybe uh, sharing of and drinks? manly handshaking? Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, if say if you had a son, right, and he was in AYSO, and he was thirteen years old, and you know, AYSO, his his career is going to be ending at this season. He's not going to go into the um, whatever the next level of AYSO is, you got to be a little, you know, sad and upset that the yeah. fields are closed when, you know, tennis courts are open, uh, basketball courts are open, golf courses are open. Yeah. Put a mask on, have these kids run around. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, the question is not just put a mask on, have them run around. Do these other places need to be open? I mean, I guess it's, I, I'm of the mindset that you guys brought up with is I still really wish we had just kind of shut it down. But again, reimagined how we can work in this kind of environment. Because some of the things that come out of it, like the things that came out of the war, like the things that came out of the space race, will help us really well in the long run because we'll have looked at things differently. So huh. that was my mindset on that. But in terms of people... In sports, I you know I don't know. I guess that's going to be up to if people say things like golf, obviously, well, greater ability to do that and be safe. I get it. I think you'd have more buy-in if if you said you know 
let's everybody shut it down. Everybody put a mask on. Everybody stay socially distant. Only go out when you absolutely need to. And we'll be out of this in five months or six months. Mm-hmm. You know, give me six months of sacrifice and we'll be done with it. Nobody's saying that. Although, interestingly, though, Richard, I think you tell people six months and they would still go crazy because look at how remember when we shut down in March, there was this, you know, sudden burst for about three weeks. If we think back on it, about three weeks of people coming up with new ways to collaborate and communicate and plan. And that was wonderful. But it's sort of like, all right. We're, this has been three weeks and we're done now. Okay, we've got to go out. It was like it all just kind of vanished. We did our three weeks. So I would think that if we're going to get people to buy in on six months right now, you're going to really have to sell it to them well. Well, and then to sell Howard's it to them like, by telling them this, this. We've had basically the population of the city of Pasadena die from this, from this disease. Right. Right. Or Syracuse. No, any, any major small city. 150,000 people mm-hmm. wiped down a major city. That's a college town. That's a lot of college towns. You can think of Norman, Oklahoma. or And this is, but this is why college I say, station. but that's exactly right. And this is why I say, why has nobody like literally like gotten angry and said like, do you understand the severity of this? Like literally, like that's exactly the point is to be able to say like this has killed an entire town, you know, major sized town of people. It is not worth screwing around like this is it. We're taking a break, like literally like and, and because I think sometimes people need to see somebody in a position of authority be to the point where they're upset to be like, wow, they, they, they're really serious. Like, okay, I, I get it now. Like, you're really upset. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, nobody's nobody's been that upset that anybody's like, that's ah, not that big a deal. <laughs> well, I think, but Howard, I think it's, again, it comes down to, well, there are two things. One, the person in authority you would need would really have to be very high up in America. So obviously, we're talking about the president. I didn't want to go down that road, but let's just whoever wow. be. Whomever the rock exactly, whomever would be in that position would need to be able to say, look, here's where we are as a nation. This is what we have to do. Let's put our differences aside, et cetera, et cetera, and let's go forward this way. Here's a plan. It's gonna take six months. We're gonna you're gonna be locked in this way. You're gonna be locked in, but not the best phrasing politically. You're gonna to have to stay in your houses, but here's how Locked-up. life will still be able to exactly life will still go on. So there's all that stuff you could say. So that's that's the first thing, like, you know, why haven't people done that? Why have people said that? You need that kind of leadership and you need to be able to say that. But again, the money really strongly is so imbalanced and it runs counter and they do not want people at home because it means they have to, th- one, they have to take losses. But like you say, they've got billions, but they you know it's never, never enough for them. But they'd have to take north losses and they'd have to take some time to figure out to really do things well. I mean, I, this is, would be an opportunity for a really savvy business person to go, here's a new way to do X. Entertainment, the entertainment industry is a perfect example. So many ideas I could say, here's what they should be doing to get this kind of stuff really done in a different way. But getting people to rethink things takes a big zeitgeist change, and that usually takes real leadership. So, and people get angry, Howard. Yeah, I mean, I would yeah, like. And, and well, to your point, and no, and nobody's willing. That's the other side of it. I think that's that's probably the most, I don't know, sad. Is that nobody's willing to take that risk? No. Nobody, nobody's willing to stick their neck out and take that risk, whether they're in politics or entertainment or wherever they are. Nobody. That's why I even said The Rock. Like nobody who has a platform of significance is willing to get out there and say something, like I said, controversial enough of, of enough screwing around with this. Like nobody's willing to say that. And that, that's, that's sad because you're right. The wealthy are, are, are afraid of losing their, their wealth and the, and the poor have nothing to lose. And the people with the platforms tend to usually be people who have wealth uh, yeah. and they're not willing to risk it. And, and that's like, they're, they're not willing to, and, and it's not that big of a risk, which is what I find so fascinating, but they're not willing 
you know, and don't don't get me started on the entertainment industry because we saw what they did at the beginning of all of this, where you know, got a whole bunch of very famous people who sang Imagine, uh, you know, and posted it up on Instagram and Twitter, and that was their response. And yeah, no, that was that was, that was it. It was three weeks of uh, we've got some songs. We'll all sing together in our band mansions. Yeah, and then it was like, okay, I'm done with this. Let's get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, and, like it's, and instead, well, and that's, but that's the irony. Instead, what you did have, and I'll and I'll I'll call out one of them because if I'm not mistaken, and go back and look, I think she probably deleted it. Was uh, Vanessa Hudgens, you know, who 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 isn't that big of a star to begin with, but she got out there and and made one of those comments of like, why are we all locking ourselves in? Old people are going to die. They're going to die anyway. I don't understand. It's not that big a deal, you know. And this was back in April or so, and it's like so. Somebody at a, at, at, who has a bit of a platform is willing to get out and say that, but yet nobody who has a platform is willing to get out and say the opposite of, of a really making a stance. They're, all, they're willing to say, hey, you should wear a mask. It's really important. We should pull together, rah, rah, rah. But nobody's willing to go to the farther extreme and go, enough, people. Enough of this bullshit. Like, this is what you have to, we have to do. And nobody's willing to take it. Nobody's willing to take that risk. I am, but I don't have a platform other than YouTube. There you go. Well, look, I think, you know, you've got this kind of, I mean, sports mirrors this because you've got this kind of leadership at the top where people aren't willing because of the dollar value. I mean, you can see it in the discussions people in Washington are having right now. They're having discussions far removed from the kinds of things people are experiencing in everyday life. Owners are no different. And then college sports, too, I, I get how much college football makes. But again, like you said, Richard, there's nobody advocating for the athlete in these situations. It's just, you know, they, that same mindset, they've been given this great opportunity to go play. It's, well, this is a slightly different opportunity now. So we're in a very weird situation that you would think, Howard, like you say, with proper leadership, you would have a way to address it. We have to accept we don't have that. That could change. And so how we respond as consumers and viewers and fans says something too to all of this. I mean, we're going we're gonna to be watching these sports or not. Yankees uh, Nationals was the highest rated baseball game in like 30 years. In world, in world history. Yeah. So. Not the numbers for a lot of these have been, have been through the roof. Because people, okay. people are they're home and they, and they're they're excited to see this. So yeah, no, I, I, and and you have to remember that you know that the the economics of that whole thing, and, and not to take anything away because let's you know let let's be clear too that by having those on, there are people who are you know that their jobs are are being saved. You know yeah, there are right there, you think about all the broadcast people that are, you know, that are putting all of these games on. So that, you know, that that's work for, for them. Um, and, and even for the advertisers so that there's, there's ad agencies that are creating there's, I mean, you know, we're, we're at the point now where we're seeing a ton of new advertising that's being conscious of the world that we live in right now. And that's all being created by ad agencies. And those are all those people are being employed. And if there was no broadcasting of stuff, you know, if it was just reruns and people weren't watching TV, they would just be running probably old ads. So they, there's definitely some economics. I understand that but behind all of this. But again, it's that question of if, and, and I guess it really, you can pose it this way, what, it's the total what if, and we can, you know, I want to play the whole game of, of what ifs, but one, one player from whatever league, college, pro, whatever sport, one player dies who contracts contracts the you know the disease who's you know in the prime of his or her life and dies of this desi- this disease because they contracted it during during the season that that they're in do, do, do we stop or do we just go no that's too bad really sad we'll wear we'll do a little video tribute wear a little patch on our sleeve and let's keep playing well that's going to be uh, the the question that will be answered Hopefully that specific well, question won't be answered. You know, Vanessa would be we don't know. Uh, just put the patch on and let's keep going. I think only if he were old. 
that. Well, oh, look, uh, uh, Her- Herman Cain, right? Just passed away. Yes. No, I know. Right. I know. And he passed away from COVID. Yes, he uh, did. Like, related. Yes, mm-hmm. he did. Well, God rest his soul. I wish no one, no matter what their exactly. God rest his soul. Um, all right. So listen, we've gone through a lot of stuff. Let's go to what will be our close, which is favorites, underdogs. Who do you see coming out of this? Let's let's project towards it's it's New Year's Eve, twenty twenty. We've popped open the bubbly. Everybody's celebrating virtually, probably, but who knows, right? So, who do you think is the favorite in terms of a sport, a player, anyone? Just pick. You know, give me a couple of things that you think will come out on top that will look great by the end of the year. Who's your, let's say, underdog? Who don't you think? Who do you think is not going to look good at the end of the year? So, Howard, let's start with you. Who do you see as your favorite in terms of a sport, sporting event, athlete coming out of this 2020 looking great, handling this well? Top, top, top three. Number one, NHL. Mm-hmm. They, they, will, they, will, they will have an amazing playoff series, and whoever is – crowned the Stanley Cup champion, while there may be certainly that quote-unquote asterisk, they will have earned it through exactly the same means and rigorous challenge that you would in in any season. Because the game the game is still, still the game. So NHL, most definitely. I'm, I'm going to give you a, a, a very much an outsider one um, that we have not talked about. Uh, and I would encourage people to check out the Premier Lacrosse League. Okay. Very, very, very entertaining. Very unique format. Had really format was already settled prior to even COVID. Very unique structure, um, but uh, an amazing sport. And I would encourage everybody to watch the Premier Lacrosse League. Uh, I think they will come through this. They already have gotten very good TV coverage and will continue to grow. So I think I think they will they will do well. And going then, out of the box, and, and then I will, and then, the and then I will go. I, I will go back to my to my tried and true favorite, and I would encourage everybody to watch. It, it, it's the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Absolutely stellar, amazing. They'll come through this just fine, just like just like regular golf outside playing playing disc golf. Beautiful settings all over the country. I, 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 I call a foul, Howard. No. I call a foul. And, I, was, and this, I was okay. Yep. I was okay with lacrosse. I was about to go. All right, that's okay. We'll we'll go that far. Yeah. See, this, this, is, this is. I'm not so sure. I'm oh, not so yeah. sure. And, and, all right. Go on, Richard. You. What's um, your favorite? I think uh, circling back around. I think esports going to come out uh, smelling like a rose. And uh, I think Anathem Fam or uh, Sebastian Debs uh, might take top spot in esports. So I think they're going to be something to watch. Uh, Bundesliga will start pushing um, the EPL. And um, I think F1 might make some inroads in the United States. Now there is a sensible there is a sensible pick. Well done, Richard. Well done. We're not talking some little disc golf thing. We're talking real sports. Guys behind the wheel. Good job. Good job. I, I've tried disc golf. Uh, it's tough. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna give you my three favorites, which are to be honest with you, I, I do, actually don't have uh, a particular favorite on any of these things because I just don't think it's a good idea. I think until P, until leagues start to model a new way, until broadcast entities start to model a new way of looking at this stuff, um, it's going to take time. For sports, for me, this is, is more than a diversion. It's about something which, which is the best of the human spirit. You okay? need to start so, watching some esports. Yeah, I will. Well, I'll take a look. I will. I will pick. I will take a look at esport. I will take a look at esport. But I like the idea of anything which people can challenge, spirit, the human condition. I think these things are great. I don't think that in this context that's what we are allowing. Although I think it's great we're giving athletes a chance to to do what they love doing. So that I, I'm glad. I'm supportive of. I'm happy that 
they can do it as long as their environment is safe. I'm happy for them. I wish we could find some different ways of doing this, but it looks like a couple of leagues I want to wait and see. Hopefully the NBA and the NHL come through this well. It looks like they've got a method that could work. I would love MLB to work out, and I hope they can handle things. And NFL, I am really concerned about. So we'll have to see what happens with them. We're in new territory, uncharted waters here. So... All right, folks. Will, will the uh, will the Washington football team have a name by the time the NFL season comes back around? The Washington football team should have changed their name 30 years ago. That is correct. But we'll see. All right. We will see. And on that note, this has been a presentation of the 34 Cersei Sports Network. I want to thank Richard Stoneman Stone and Howard Boom Boom Broadway. We'll be back next time with sports for all of you. Tune in and be safe. God bless.